Do you feel sorry for Theresa May? Sometimes I do. I mean, she's being held. Why yeah. do you feel sorry for Sometimes her? Sometimes I do. Why do you feel sorry for her? Well, I just look at her and just think she looks dreadful. Um, what the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? And the, the stuff about me paddling all the nonsense the sea was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. You just can't call it. We will not be caught with no clothes on. I've always been a completely normal UK tax player. It's not in opposition that I want to be, and it's Nicola's desk I want. I want to serve this country <laughs> as First <laughs> Minister <laughs> and its Labour values. You can have the desk, you're just not getting the job. <laughs> If you've been to Peppa Pig World, who's been to Pads? I've anybody who's been to Peppa Pig World. In December, I'll be in Beijing opening up new pork markets. I mean, seriously, besties, what the actual fuck? Hiya, besties. Um, Merry Christmas Eve if you if you're into that sort of thing. I'm recording this on Christmas Eve, so <laughs> um, I've I've taken a break from you know all my Christmas Eve activities, baking cookies, watching It's a Wonderful Life, um, hoovering a lot. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't even it doesn't even need doing, but I'm I'm sat here in my living room and I'm thinking. I might run the hoover around again. It doesn't need doing. I don't need to do it. It's done. This this room is hoovered to within an inch of her life. She's fine. If I hoover anymore, I'm going to end up taking up the fucking carpet. But I, I still, because it's like, you know, my mum's coming, my grandparents, my brother, everybody. And so I'm just like, oh, I just want it to look nice. I don't know. I don't know. Um... Oh, I need to relax. Shouting at the, the government might help. So let's do that. I'm Jennifer Wan. And this is what the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business. Potentially, I think that may actually be the longest, um, the longest political podcast show name of all time, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe that'll be the case. That'd be nice. Um, so I've had a bit going on. And we're going to talk about it. So grab yourself a drink, a snack, a mince pie, perhaps. Um, I I would not grab a mince pie because I don't like them. Um, but I do have uh, several boxes in the Christmas cupboard because everybody else does. And I am a good host. So um, you, can, you can have some of mine. It'd be fine. Just come round. I've got loads. Have some, please. Take them home with you. Um, <laughs> and let's jump into it. I have to say this right now before I forget. So this is going to be like a really disjointed part of the episode. But I've been thinking about this. Um, <laughs> so this week in Primus's Questions, um, Keir Starmer talked about a, a young boy that he had been communicating with and with his mum and everything. And effectively, they were going to be homeless for Christmas, which is horrible so horrible um and it's it's disgusting really that that in one of the richest nations in the world we have a situation where children will be homeless at christmas or any time of year um but especially now 
and Keir Starmer brought this up at Primus's questions. Now, I would say the correct and human response was to just, I mean, Christ, just just act in a dignified manner, act in a respectful manner. Obviously, I understand being confronted with that is quite embarrassing for Rishi Sunak and his government. I get that. It is embarrassing because it's like, oh my God, yours is the government that is, is literally allowing for this to happen. That's probably quite embarrassing. You get a little flustered. I get that. But the way that Rishi Sunak actually reacted was insane. Um, he he just starts yelling and calling Keir Starmer an opportunist. He uh, he looked unhinged, like and I understand, you know, he was probably quite embarrassed, um, and he didn't really know what to say. He was kind of on the spot, I guess. Um, I mean, I know typically, you know, they they will have some idea of what they're going to be asked but sometimes even if you know that you're going to be asked a question like that you don't really know how to respond to it but Jesus Christ it was the most undignified disgusting response um and it it, it felt very much like he was more upset that Keir Starmer had the audacity to ask him about it than he was about a child being homeless and the fact that that child is not going to be the only one um, he didn't seem to care about that all that much at all. And he responded in a very callous and cruel way. And then, <laughs> by strange coincidence, the day after this happens, the day after this happens, Rishi Sunak is on a visit to a school. And <laughs> I'm not joking. There is a picture released of these children hugging Rishi Sunak and it is repeatedly made clear to us that apparently these children unprompted of their own volition spontaneously hugged Rishi Sunak and it's apparently really important that we, the British public, know that. We have to be aware that these children ran up to this bitch and hugged him like he was a very, very short version of the BFG. Like, these kids love him. It's Rishi, he's so great. Like, they were really, really pushing it. And then, <laughs> Rishi Sunak's Twitter account then releases a video of Rishi and these kids, right? And they're all at the table. He does, he does not even look out of place because he's as small as they are. And they're all sat around and they're asking him questions. And it's, to me, it's very calculated. It's like, okay, so a day ago, he looked like a horrible bastard that hated children and didn't care if they were homeless. Now we've got to really turn it up and make him look good. So they've got all these adorable little children asking him questions and he's answering in a very, you know, animated CBBS presenter way. Um, I mean, listen, obviously I know he has some, uh, some idea of how to interact with children. He has children of his own. I'm sure that he's met children before. Um, but like he was really turning it up to like 11, you know, he was really trying to, you know, he was giving it the full balamori. He was really trying to be like, 
Oh, hey, kids, it's me. I'm Rishi. Tell me all about your hopes and dreams. Like, it was very that. Like, there was literally a, a part of this video where he... Um, he he says something about how his job is to make sure that they can all do the things that they want to do in their lives, and it's really important to him. And literally, it was, it was, it just seemed super deliberate. And I mean, obviously, kids they're they're unreliable co-stars. You know, a kid is is very likely to act out, and as they say, kids do say the dandiest things. So it's a risk, but you know, I I I think maybe they hoped it would pay off and that the kids would be so cute and so adorable and he could look all like paternal and wholesome and whatever, and everyone would forget that just a day before he reacted with complete indifference but also slight anger when confronted about a homeless child. Like, they think if they show us this picture and they're like, oh, look at these children, they hugged him. They really, really hugged him. We didn't have to force them or bribe them or anything. And then they have the the extra ammo of, oh, and we also got these kids on video and look how they interact with him and, you know, they're, they're smiling and there's there's a kid and he talks about how much he loves dancing and Rishi reacts as if he cares and and it's all quite wholesome and lovely and oh look at this isn't Rishi good with kids doesn't Rishi care about the kids doesn't Rishi care about your kids and they hope that we will forget that just a day ago he made it very obvious he didn't care about our kids, your kids, Michael. I don't, I, I don't have kids, but if I did, Rishi Sunak wouldn't give a shit about them. Um, anybody, anybody, you know, because each of us, when you think about it, and in a lot of cases, each of us is just a bad day away from, from being in a situation where maybe we don't know where we're going to sleep that night. Maybe we don't know what we're going to do. Maybe we don't know what's going to happen to our kids. And no amount of adorable pictures and adorable videos with admittedly very adorable children is going to change that. Those pictures, those videos, they don't change the reality of the Conservative government under Rishi Sunak. It does not change how little he cares for what happens to the nation's children. I mean, if you want to look at it, you know, look at how little support there... Oh my God, there's a kind of weird helicopter situation going on outside. They're coming to get me. I'll put up a really good fight, I promise. But anyway, um, you know, if you look in terms of policy... Do the policies of Rishi Sunak's government look like he cares about this nation's children? If he cared, our teachers would be well paid to make sure that our kids could have good, stable educations um, with teachers who were refreshed, who were ready to go. Um, 
if he cared about our kids, then our schools would be in great condition. They would be maintained. They would be safe, beautiful places to go so that children could focus on their education and really enjoy themselves. Um, if he really cared, would schools be having to hold events to raise money? Would they have to ask parents for money for school supplies? Would they have to sell things to get school supplies? Would they have to... Um, would schools have to have GoFundMes and shit like that? Which they do in the UK. That's been a thing that's been going on for a while now. If Rishi Sunak or any of the Conservatives, for that matter, cared about our children, would schools have to do that? I don't, I don't think they would. Um, if they cared, would there be parents who were having to make the choice between their meeting and feeding their children? No. Would parents be having to go to food banks? No. Um, would, would it be the case that parents were having to work multiple jobs, not just one, not just two, but three, sometimes four, um, you know, jobs, parents working literally every hour that exists, parents getting home from one job and then going straight back out to work, parents, um, having no free time to actually spend with their children and care for their children, if our government really cared, would that be happening? No, absolutely not. Would it be um, that childcare is as expensive as it is with absolutely no real legitimate support from the government if they cared about children? No. Um, I mean, they can say, oh, there's support and there's tokenistic support, but it's obviously not enough to make it viable um, for people to, to utilise. Um, so you know, if our government actually cared about our kids, or any kids, really, uh, would that be the case? No, it would not. Um, I could go on and on about the many ways in which the Tories have made it clear they do not care about children. Um, but I guess all I really wanted to to say was it doesn't matter how many cute pictures Rishi puts up online of him being spontaneously yeah okay hugged by children or having a lovely adorable little interview with some kids we all know that when he gets back to Downing Street and the door closes he does not care about those children at all he does not think about what happens to them he doesn't think about what happens to any of our children. He never will. Well, good news for everyone who's been good. And of course, that excludes basically everybody in the British government. Uh, but <laughs> Secretary of State for Work and Pensions, Mel Stride, confirmed on Sky News today, I'm, I'm recording this on Christmas Eve, by the way, uh, that Santa is coming to town and, and to cities and to villages and to all the various uh, 
places and things that make up the UK. Apparently, it has definitely been confirmed that uh, he has been cleared to enter British airspace. Yay! Hooray! And uh, Tories will be getting fuck all because they are obviously all on the naughty list for, you know, starving kids, uh, starving old people, starving nurses, just, just mass starvation, really. Um, fucking the economy, uh, <laughs> berating teachers, doctors, railway workers, lots of scamming, lots of scheming. Um, so, you know, uh, Santa's going to have a light workload in, in those areas. He can have a lot of houses he can skip. Um, although I, I would imagine he'll, he'll drop a few things down for, you know, um, partners and children who've done nothing wrong. Uh, but, but the actual, the actual Tory MPs, they're, they're going to fuck all. They're going to fuck all if, if the world is good and right. Um, so, um, Speaking of doctors, oh my God, speaking of, of doctors, there was a clip circulating this week, which I feel really sums up the state of things, you know, like the, the state of things. So... Victoria Atkins, who is the current health secretary, uh, she was making an appearance on BBC Breakfast and she had she had some very strange opinions about junior doctors. Um, so she said, junior doctors or doctors in training, as I prefer to call them. It's the disrespect, it's the incompetence, this whole thing, man, it's a fucking mess. Okay, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the tea. Junior doctors are qualified doctors. They are qualified doctors. Um, what the fuck do you mean, doctors in training? So she was she was referring to junior doctors walking out of negotiations um, with the government, which has led to further strike action. If I were trying to convince an entire group of people that, frankly, our health service heavily relies on, I probably wouldn't go on the television and publicly disrespect them. But that's just me. I'm not the health secretary. Probably because I'm not a fucking idiot and I believe that being a fucking idiot is a qualification to be the health secretary. I mean... Girl... What are her fucking qualifications for this? Like, this is the thing. She wants to disrespect junior doctors and act as if they don't know what they're talking about. They're not worthwhile. They're not worth proper wages. God, what are your qualifications? If we dropped you into a fucking hospital right now, could you really help people? Could you genuinely help people? Like, would, would you actually be able to look after people and cure them and 
all of the things that junior doctors do, like, listen, I know I couldn't. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) If you drop me into a hospital, I'd be like, and now I'm going to leave because I don't have the qualifications for that. I don't have the knowledge for that. Like the amount of work junior doctors put in just just to get to to the the level of being a junior doctor is insane. These people are insanely intelligent. They are insanely qualified. They are absolutely the people that you need on the hospital floor. They are vital to our health service. What exactly does she do? Like seriously, what what does she do? What do, what does she do? Um, so before uh, before becoming a member of parliament, uh, Victoria Atkins was a barrister. And again, yeah, that's a heavily qualified job. Good for her. Fabulous. She went, she got her education. She did that. That's fantastic. Fabulous, fabulous. Um, it's hilarious, actually, because she was a... <laughs> she specialised in fraud... Um, I would assume uh, that would be stopping fraud instead of doing it. But, you know, maybe she decided to switch it up, you know, because we all know the Conservative Party is kind of the party of fraud. Um, But no medical training, from what I can see. No medical training, no ability to heal people, which is insane as a thing. If If you can do that, that is insane. Like, I genuinely, I'm in awe of medical professionals because, like, they they know so much about how our body works. They know, okay, if I do this and I do this, I can fix this problem. That's crazy to me. That shit is like witchcraft. They know their shit. They know how to help us, how to heal us, how to save us. She doesn't know that. So how dare she... How dare she talk about these incredibly skilled professionals with such a lack of respect? How dare she? How dare she? Girl. It's just wildly wildly disrespectful and again further evidence to my point that I do believe I do believe that being the health secretary requires you to be a fucking idiot because who would do this apart from a fucking idiot like (laughs) anyway uh wishing a happy holidays and a, a merry monday if they don't celebrate to all of the junior doctors across the UK who are working hard, far harder than the fucking health secretary. I'll tell you that for sure. Um, let's talk about more disrespect. <laughs> let's talk about it. Um, so, girl, this is silliness. This is silliness the likes you've never seen. So... So you may remember the government uh, cancelled quite a lot of the High Speed 2 programme and decided that what they were going to do with the money was invest in the North, invest in 
infrastructure, transport infrastructure in the north of England to make up for cancelling High Speed 2. That was a lie. I mean, obviously, we're not surprised by this, but that was that was a lie. So they decided to call this this program Network North, the Network North Project. And do you know what was announced this week as part of the Network North Project? <laughs> 235 million pounds to improve roads in London. Okay, um, so, what the fuck? Come on, are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? They are literally trolling the North at this point. They are trolling the North. Like, what the fuck do you mean Network North? And it's a project for London. It's investment for London. Listen, I love London. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful place. One of my favorite cities in the whole world. I love it with all my heart. She is my baby girl. But one of the major problems in in the UK, and, and definitely as far as England goes, is that London receives far more investment than the North. The North is starved of investment. Now, the cancelling of HS2 was just another, another starvation, I guess. Um, and, and now the money that was supposed to be being sent to the North to invest in more transport infrastructure, better transport infrastructure, it just, it just end up, it just, it just goes back to London. I, what the fuck? I tell you, the UK government are never beating those we hate the North allegations at this point. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, yes, okay, London's roads are important. They matter for sure, for sure. But London could do with having a bit less so that the rest can have a bit more because the rest has had fuck all that's not hard to understand but like i don't i don't even they literally had a network north project on the fucking poster to announce this shit i mean like at at this point it feels like it, it's deliberate. It's a hundred percent deliberate. Like there's no way that they don't know that they're doing this. They are just being so openly, um, disgusting. <laughs> like Jesus Christ. Um. I mean, come the fuck on. So, speaking of disgusting, um, Rishi Sunak, um, I guess, I guess he decided to try and, uh, 
be good for like five minutes in the hopes that he could still get it past Santa and get some gifts this Christmas or whatever. Um, so <laughs> he was uh, conveniently, conveniently um, filmed at King's Cross Station in one of the shops there. I... Mm, yeah, that's a Marks and Spencer's. He was in an M&S. Um, conveniently filmed um, buying mince pies to, <laughs> to give out to key workers. <laughs> How convenient that someone just happened to, to film it and share it with uh major news publications um <laughs> um but i i think it says a lot that rishi sunak who is one of the richest people on this island he's so like he's sickeningly wealthy it's disgusting um that he thinks that you know, the appropriate thing to do for key workers who are probably not really going to get to enjoy that much time with their families, with their friends, um, not really going to get to enjoy the season all that much, that he can get around them and he can cheer them up and make it all better with some mince pies like, that's so rishy. He's like, oh, just throw some mince pies at them. It'll be fine. <laughs> what a fucking idiot. He's so... St I, I just... I can't. I can't with this bitch. Nobody is going to look at this and think, wow, what a nice guy. They're going to think, what a fake bitch. <laughs> like, he, he could pay for, like, a huge spread... He could he could get them all sorted with you know like a nice nice little Christmas dinner for everybody, um you know he could put some some vouchers, um you know aside for them so they can all go out for a nice dinner after get some gift cards for them you know what I mean, um he could go to the local pub outside every hospital and put money behind the bar and say you know what when they're done. They can have as many drinks as they want. He could do so much nice shit for them. But instead, he's just like, oh, well, a couple of boxes of mince pies should do it. Prick. Anyway, I... <laughs> he's so embarrassing. He's so embarrassing. What an absolute twat. Um, the government has... Uh, I mean... I don't know. I guess... Maybe some people would consider this nice, but I don't think it's nice enough, personally. Uh, the government has uh, has made a slight U-turn on the plan to raise family visa thresholds to 38,000. Um, and it will now be only rising to 29,000. Only. <laughs> Which is still a hell of a lot of money. A hell of a lot of money. Um... But it is rumoured that a higher threshold will still be introduced at some point in the future. Um, there are apparently quite a few of Rishi Sunak's MPs that are very unhappy about this. Fuck those bitches. Uh, <laughs> I, I just think... 
personally that people should be able to be with the ones that they love. There shouldn't be a price tag on that. Um, I... <sighs> I'm going to get personal, but it's all right because it's Christmas. When I was a little girl, and I, I was kind of becoming aware that I... That I didn't like boys, right? I remember thinking, I'm never going to be able to get married properly. You know, I'm never going to be able to be with someone that I love because when I was a little girl equal marriage hadn't happened yet it was it was still not legal for two women or two men to get married um and I spent a long time thinking that it would never happen um and now it has uh and <laughs> And now my only difficulty is finding a woman who will part with me long term um, so that I can, uh, you know, secure the bag, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. It could, it could happen. It could happen. Um, so I, I have the opportunity to be with someone that I love. However... If by, um, you know, grand design or chance or whatever, this person happens to be from outside of the UK, well, we're going to run into some issues. Um, and so having spent most, most, of my, uh, most of my formative years thinking that I could never, you know, have true love, have happiness marriage you know things that are important i know i know for some people they don't give a shit about marriage and that's nice that's okay um but to me it was important and it mattered and and, and it was it was something fundamental that i really wanted for myself one day having spent a long time not being able to have that um i do even though i'm not currently in the situation um as you know some people who are currently facing these issues, I do feel a lot of um, a lot of connection, you know, because I I was once at a point where I thought I I can't be with someone if I love them. I I remember <laughs> uh, having having a bit of a meltdown and a big cry uh, one day because there was there was a girl I was in love with and. You know, I mean, we were just kids, but, you know, she loved me back and it was nice and it was great, but it was a secret and nobody knew. Um, and I just, I, I just, I was hysterical because I thought, oh my God, we can never really be together though. We can't because it is what it is. And then I remember how I felt when when it became legal and I still didn't tell anyone for like a whole decade it was like there was a lot of 
shit to unpack there, but that's that's another podcast, darling. I'm saving it for the memoirs. Um, but I I felt this this weight being lifted off me, and I felt hopeful for the first time. I was like, maybe one day you know, okay, maybe this isn't going to work out. It's only a winter's tale. But one day I could find someone and we could be together for real, you know, like just like regular people, like, like my grandparents, you know, like, um, you know, like people on TV and EastEnders, whatever, you know, just, just regular people who are just happy and in love. And I think for a lot of people, that's literally all they want. They just want to be happy with the person they love. And currently the UK government is saying, well, you can have that as long as you do not have uh, the audacity to, to fall in love with somebody who does not have a British passport. Um, because if you do, oh, we're going to bankrupt you. And I think that's fucked up. I just do. I'm sorry. I just do. Um, it's wrong that people can't be with the ones that they love. Um, and I just think that every, every aspect of this has been disgusting the the way that the government has you know kind of drip fed information has been very distressing to people um i've spoken to a few people who are who are currently in a situation where they don't know what they're going to do they don't know if they're going to be able to be with the people that they love or not they have no idea what's going to happen in the future they have no idea what they should do and the the constant you know back and forth um we'll tell you a little bit but we're not going to tell you everything we're just going to drop this just before christmas and run away um and and a lot of the 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 rhetoric from from tory mp's as well um has been very distressing for them um and i just i really hope probably quite delusionally but never mind that the the government will see sense here and and remember that this is people's lives that they are playing with here this is couples this is families this is you know children who are having to live without their parents people who are having to be without the people that they love because the government sees them as money not people um so i would hope that the government will in the new year remember that but i don't i don't think they will so uh unfortunately um unfortunately this hell goes on for the people that are affected by this um I just hope that everyone who's making the decisions here never has to be without the person that they love and never has to be without the hope that one day they'll be together. I just, I I sincerely hope they never have to go through that because this is not right. This is so fucked up. Um, oh. um, let's, let's talk about Keir Starmer. Let's talk about Keir Starmer. <laughs> Okay, so there were two Keir Starmer-related things that were very on my radar this week. Um... 
<laughs> so firstly, uh, Keir Starmer uh, went off on on a flight. Um, he was going to Estonia um, with the Shadow Defence Secretary John Healy to visit British troops in Estonia. Um, I, I, I guess, you know, kind of like a, a morale thing or to see how things are going, see, you know, hey, are you guys getting what you need? That kind of situation. Um, I don't know why, but when... <laughs> When, when I read that, I, I just immediately in my head thought of that, that bit in Captain America um, where he goes, <laughs> where Captain America goes to visit the troops and then he's doing his whole thing of like, please buy bonds. It's good for the war effort. And then <laughs> the troops are like, bring on the girls. And it kills me. It kills me. Um, and then, then I imagine Keir Starmer singing the the Star Spangled Man song from Captain America, but like obviously without the, the the stars and the spangles, because we don't have those. Uh, we have um. Well, we have quite a different flag, but I don't know. Maybe everyone over at Labour HQ will come up with some kind of song for Keir Starmer. I don't know. It seems very like something the Labour Party would do, actually. Uh, but anyways, so... <laughs> Tangent. So, Keir Starmer went off uh, to visit troops in Estonia. Um, why is this a big deal? Well, it was apparently a big deal because Keir Starmer um, went on a commercial flight on Ryanair rather than going by like private jet or helicopter or like fucking supervillain submarine like Rishi Sunak would have done. And there were a lot of mixed reactions. Most people that I saw were, they were like, oh, okay, cool. Cool. He just, you know, he just travels like a normal person. All right. Cool. Um, but there were a lot of uh, journalists, political commentators, you know, the people you see on the news talking about things that you've literally just seen and don't really need analysis for. Those kinds of people. Um, oh, they were losing it. <laughs> they were fucking losing it. They were fucking throthing at the mouth. They were so angry about this for some reason. They were like, this is terrible it's terrible how could this happen how could this happen it's beneath him it's terrible and i'm like you know we can fucking like see what you're saying right because you're tweeting this very publicly you're you're having this meltdown in a very public way and what I'm hearing is that you think that Ryanair is just for the pause and Keir Starmer is too good for it. Keir Starmer is too good to take a flight like a normal fucking person. He should be on private jets. He should be fucking demanding his own aeroplane, all of his own um, he should be fucking on a helicopter. He should be 
on a horse, on a plane, and also whipping somebody for some reason. Or he should be on a fucking cruise ship. They should raise the Titanic, paint it up real nice, so that Keir Starmer may travel in style. That's what you're fucking saying. You're saying that he's too good to travel with us regular folk. That's what you're fucking saying. But Keir Starmer seems to be saying, no, I'm not. He doesn't look like he's forced to be there. He does not look like he's forced to be there. He looks fine. He's He's got himself a window seat. Smart choice. I, I say that like I travel by plane a lot, but I really don't. Not anymore. <laughs> um, he's, he's comfy. He's good. Um... He doesn't he doesn't look in any distress. It's not like he's sort of freaking out because he has to be around regular people. Like he's just chilling on the plane. He's just chilling. He's fine. There ain't nothing wrong with it. He's all right. He's fine. And you know what? I'd say he's making a good choice. Um <laughs> These these people are like, it's demeaning. It shouldn't be allowed. It's beneath him. What the fuck do you mean? What the fuck do you mean? Okay, so for, for listeners outside of the UK, Ryanair is a budget airline, okay? So, <laughs> you know, you may not have all the thrills and frills of like, you know... British Airways or like those rich people airlines from from the Middle East or whatever um but they'll get you where you're going and the tickets are cheap right like that's that's the situation um uh, they go to a lot of places um yes you may have to pay extra to take bags or whatever um allocated seats may cost you a bit extra but for most people, especially if they're traveling within Europe, it's it's the smart option. I don't actually know if they go outside of Europe. I actually have no idea. I, I personally, I've never actually flown Ryanair myself. I've been EasyJet though. And that's basically the same thing, just in orange. And also, if you fly EasyJet, you get to pretend like you're on an episode of Airline. And I'm just like, yes. I am living my best life. Where is Jane Bolton? Uh, but yeah, I, th I think Ryanair is kind of the same thing. You know, cheap flights. You may have to pay a bit extra for stuff like, you know, taking like checked luggage and, um, you know, shit like that. But it'll get you where you're going. And if you're only going to be on the plane for sort of like two, three hours, it's fine. It's fine. Like, it's not an issue. And so if Keir Starmer looks at that and says, yeah, go on then. What's the problem? He obviously doesn't see it as a problem. So why do all of these people think it's a problem? Why are they so bothered by this? I'll tell you why. It's because... <laughs> it's because there are some people... I, I see this a lot in like... Um, you know, certain political commentators, uh, columnists, journalists, all of that, 
there are some people and they literally like to sort of live vicariously in a sense through politicians and and, and that's why they get so attached to their teams and whatever um you know and they'll defend the in- indefensible time and time again and um and they 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 kind of see the lifestyle of it as as very important to them um you know Keir Starmer as leader of the opposition has to travel luxuriously because if he doesn't it's it's deeply hurtful for them because it ruins their fantasy of oh he's a statesman and he goes in his ways in a very fancy way and like that shit's important to them because I don't know they don't really have much going on in their lives I guess I don't know but um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that shit matters to them. And so when Keir Starmer just gets on a regular person plane, oh, they lose it. They can't handle it. They can't handle it. Even though, really, as a um, as a politician, as a senior politician, if the option is there for him to fly commercially to where he needs to go, he should be taking it. The ministerial code literally says that. <laughs> Like it literally says that. Um Keir Starmer is just he's just he's just vibing, he's just doing what he's supposed to be doing. And they can't they can't stand it because I don't know. It's weird shit, man. It's weird fucking shit. Um but speaking of Keir Starmer, something else happened that perhaps should not have. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so uh there was a Labour Party Christmas card that was released. <laughs> I've been thinking about this for days. It's so stupid. There was a Labour Party Christmas card that was released and it featured a picture of Keir Starmer and his wife. Um they looked great, fabulous, um lovely lovely picture um of Keir Starmer and his wife Victoria um (laughs) so uh in the original picture there are some differences to what's on the card so the picture they've taken out the background and they put like this lovely red sparkly uh background on uh it says Merry Christmas lovely um, I mean, it doesn't quite compare to that one um, of Tony and Sherry Blair where Tony looks like he wants to punch your lights in. But you know what? It's nice. Um, but some people noticed after looking at the original photo that in the original photo, Keir Starmer's wife, Victoria, is a little bit taller than him. Maybe she was wearing heels that day. Maybe she just naturally is taller than him. I don't know. I've never met her. But in the Christmas card, <laughs> in the Christmas card, they have made Keir Starmer a bit taller so that he's sort of, they're almost the same height, but he's a little bit taller than her. <laughs> and I, <laughs> this is fragile, man. This is fragile. It's ridiculous. I don't know that Keir Starmer made that choice. I, I would imagine maybe he's not, um, He's not uh, super involved with the process of designing the party Christmas card. He's not sat there on Canva like, yep, got to make this perfect. Like, I don't think that's probably what happened. I would imagine this was a 
decision made by a design team or something um you know maybe some idiot advisor ran in and was like you have to make him taller immediately maybe that happened i don't know um but it was just so silly it was the silliest thing and i (laughs) i've been thinking about it for such a long time because it's just so stupid it's like really babes really are you being for real right now are you being for real oh my god this is silly goose behavior i it's so stupid um (laughs) but uh speaking of christmas cards um because you know tis the season and all that um there, there was a, a very adorable i feel uh christmas card that has also been making the rounds um and it was uh the first minister of scotland humza yusuf's official christmas card which was designed uh by uh, by a pupil at a primary school in Glasgow, which is um, part of his constituency. And it is the cutest shirt, man. Um, so it's a little picture that they've drawn of Santa and Humza in the sleigh and there's some presents and it, it's this... Oh, my God. Have... <laughs> Have yourself a very merry Christmas. This shit is adorable, bro. Kids at Christmas are fantastic. What what icons, legends. Um, he also announced that he would be sending out his Christmas card as an e-card to reduce costs and the environmental impact. So, I mean, at, at least somebody, at least somebody um who runs a government in the uk actually cares about climate change <laughs> so that's that's something you know um so there's also been uh quite a lot of uproar involving humza yusuf um girl uh, this this feels silly and again a lot of this noise is coming from commentators and idiots with columns and shit like that it's not actually coming from regular people you know why because regular people are not really going to be affected by this and frankly actually most of these commentators and columnists aren't either this is really something that's only going to have a negative impact on people who are the higher earners of scottish society right um so (laughs) It was announced um, in the Scottish budget that there would be tax rises for higher earners. Um, Okay. Good. Because you know what? In a functioning society... People who can afford to pay more should pay more because that means that we have more tax revenue and that means we can do more stuff. 
more good things. Like, are you are you kidding me? Why am I supposed to see a problem with this? They can afford it. They've got more money than us. They can afford it. Like, for God's sake. Um, there was a lot of uproar as well from the Tories who were like, this is just gonna, this is bad, don't do it, stop, I can't believe it, no, don't, don't raise taxes for rich people, stop it, stupid, childish behaviour, frankly, um, economically illiterate behaviour, frankly, um, Ian Murray from the Labour Party also had something to say about this. I mean, nobody really cared or took him seriously because he's an idiot, but still he had something to say. Um, he said that... <laughs> he said that more Scottish people would move to London... <laughs> to London uh, if uh, taxes were raised for higher earners. Bitch, do you know how much London costs? No, you don't. Because when you're in London, we are paying for your lifestyle, for your housing, for your transport, probably for your food. You're probably putting that shit on expenses somehow. All of the shit that you enjoy when you're in London down at Westminster, we are paying for that. The taxpayer is paying for that. So you don't actually understand what the cost of living in London is. It is astra-fucking-nomical. Nobody with a brain is going to think, oh, you know what? Paying a... And it really is a tiny amount as well. It's like a tiny amount in terms of a tax rate. And again, it's really only going to hit the highest of earners. It, it, like, most people are not going to feel it at all. Um, nobody with a brain is going to think, oh, you know what? Oh, having to pay a little bit extra tax... That's pissed me off. Do you know what I'm going to do to make my cost of living easier? I'm going to move to one of the most expensive cities in the whole world. No one is going to do that. Nobody. Nobody. But this dumb out of touch bitch is like, yeah, that's going to happen for sure. I can feel it. I think that's what's going to happen. Girl, shut up. Shut the entire fuck up. What is your deal? How did you get elected when you're so stupid? <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't I don't really see that as a thing that's going to happen because I'm not dumb, uh, unlike Ian Murray. So I think actually it'll probably be fine. <laughs> Okay, so before I get started on this, I want to let you know that I am going to be talking about um, the subject of assault and rape. So if this is something that is difficult for you, upsetting for you, triggering for you, no worries, you can skip right past it. Um, I will put the timestamps below so that you know where to skip to. Um, gonna give you a second just in case you need to think about it 
or anything like that. Okay, so, um, this pissed me off, as many things do involving the UK government. I, I mean, they just will not let me live peacefully and happily. Do you know the funny thing? I'm actually, I'm normally quite like chill in person. I was actually talking to someone about this uh, the other day and they were like, whenever I listen to to that podcast, it's like you're a different person. It's like you're the Hulk or something, which is great because I love the Hulk. Um, but what you have to understand is when I'm recording this, right, I'm looking at several things that have pissed me off that the, 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 that the government has done since I recorded the last one, right? And this is a government that repeatedly does this shit. So I am kind of, uh, <laughs> I'm in my rage palace when I'm recording this. And then I step out and I'm like, you know, happy and cheerful again. So, you know, anyway. Um, so James Cleverly, the Home Secretary, I don't even, I even know how to say this. Like, this is disgusting. It makes me sick. Um, so he recently uh, announced a crackdown on drink spiking. And then at a reception at Downing Street... Apparently, he told female guests just just hours after announcing this, by the way, he told female guests at this reception a little bit of rehypnol in her drink every night was not really illegal if it's only a little bit. So he's referring to his wife and basically saying that he drugs her. He also said that the secret to a long marriage is ensuring that your spouse is someone who is always mildly sedated so she can never realise there are better men out there. Put it in jail... No, skip that. Throw it into a volcano. What the fuck? What is this? Who says that to a person? Like, who says that to another person? I... What the fuck? What is wrong with this bitch? Uh-uh. Um, so... A spokesperson tried to write it off and, and say, oh, it's just a joke. It was an ironic joke. Nah. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. No, bitch. Who the fuck jokes about drugging their wife, implying that they drug their wife on a regular basis to to rape them 
And also that they keep their wife sedated so that their wife will not leave. Who who the fuck? Who does that? And especially at a, a work event, a professional event. Who the fuck does that? What is wrong with him? Like genuine question. What is actually wrong with this man? Jesus. Absolutely disgusting. Um, so the chair of Spike Aware UK, which is an organisation that tries to bring awareness to spiking, um, said spiking isn't a joking matter. It's an appalling thing for the Home Secretary to say, especially when we're trying to get changes to the law. Correct. Correct. Um, how is it, how is this organization and all the people within it supposed to go to him now, sit across from him and hope to be taken seriously? There are, there are people within this organization that have lost, uh, loved ones to spiking. Um, there are, there are people within the organization who, who will have had very close and harrowing experiences with this. How are they supposed to go to this man? and um and ask for his help and ask for him to support them how are they supposed to do that how are they supposed to look him in the eye after this like what the fuck um joking about about drugging somebody about marital rape about frankly abuse because you know keeping someone sedated so that they can't leave you that's abuse um like that's that's fucking jeffrey dahmer shit actually like he used to do that shit what the fuck is this like seriously what what goes wrong in someone's brain that they think that a work event is an appropriate place to stand across from female guests at this work event and say, I drug and abuse my wife as a joke. Like, what the fuck is wrong in his head? Genuinely, there has to be. Like, what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean it was a joke? What the fuck? I well it isn't funny to people who've been through it it isn't funny to the women who were just stood there at a professional event expecting to just have a you know a productive evening I would guess and and then they get confronted with that you throw that at them I'm sure it wasn't it wasn't funny to them either. They were probably very uncomfortable with a senior government figure joking about drugging and raping his wife. I, I, I don't think they would have found that hilarious, actually. I think they would have found that very uncomfortable. Um But it's just a joke, says the spokesperson. It's just a joke. Nah, uh-uh. 
And you really have to question the judgment and suitability for government of somebody who stands there in a work event and says something like that as a joke. I, I, I get that the Tories are kind of like in school holidays mode at the moment and they just don't really care, probably because they know they're going to lose the next election. And it doesn't really matter in a sense what they do. But Jesus... This is, especially because we know, we know because of all the things that have come out, we know that actually in the Conservative Party and certainly within within the government, there is a very lax attitude to keeping people safe from abuse. Um, there have been cover-ups that have happened. We know this. Um, there have been people who have... Um, who have been helped and supported by senior figures to cover up things that they've done. There is a culture of abuse and harassment. So again, it's not fucking funny, actually. And, and you know, some people, they might be like, oh, don't be a killjoy. It's just a joke. I don't give a fuck. It's not funny, actually. It's just really fucking shit. And... I'm disgusted by it. Okay, besties, that's all for this episode. Um, before I go, um, I just want to say thank you to everybody that has listened this year. Um, this will, I think, I think, I think this will probably be the last episode of this year, maybe. I don't know. I think so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much to everybody who has listened uh, over the year. Uh, whether you've listened to one episode, to all of them. Um, thank you so much for supporting this um, insane little show that I do. Um, it really means a lot to me uh, that you guys are here with me. So, thank you so much. Um, I hope that you have a wonderful Christmas if you do Christmas. If you don't and you do something else, I hope you have a wonderful time doing that as well. If you do nothing around this time of year, I just hope that it's good for you and I hope you have a lovely time. Uh, <laughs> and I hope that in the new year uh, we get something better. You know, I, I would I would I would like a I would like a new government. I would like that. Um, I think with the options we're going to get, I'm not going to quite get the government I want. But, you know, a change is as good as a holiday. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so I will see you very soon. Love you. Bye. I nearly wet myself then. Thanks for listening, bestie. I hope you enjoyed the show. And I will see you again next time for a new episode of... What the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? Uh, the, the stuff about me paddleboard, big nonsense. The sea was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. You just can't call it. We will not be caught with no clothes on. I've always been a completely normal UK taxpayer. It's not in opposition that I want to be in. It's Nicola's desk I want. I want to serve this country as First Minister and its Labour values. You can have the desk, you're just not getting the job. <laughs> I don't know if you've been to Peppa Pig World. Who's been to Pads? I've been to Peppa Pig World. In December, I'll be in Beijing. 
opening up new pork markets. I mean, seriously. What the 